Hello, and welcome to the Hot Rod Bible Study, where tonight we're back at our uh, regularly scheduled time, back coming to you from the mighty metropolis of Chino Valley, Arizona. And I'd like to thank every one of you for keeping me in your prayers over my last Hot Rod adventure. went on, uh, put about 45, well, actually put over 4,500 miles on my poor old 55 Chevy, but best thing was I got to spend a lot of time with my daughter and her family. So God was very gracious, and I thank all of you for your prayers. We only uh, ran over one dead armadillo, so I guess we, we really had pretty much a safe journey the whole way. So thank you again. Um, tonight we will be in uh, the book of Revelation chapter 8, again, continuing our study in the book of Revelation. Uh, the Book of Revelation, I like to say, uh, is something that people either uh, try to get, uh, they, they put too much into it or not enough. You know, they, they read too much into it or, or not enough. And I think if we just realize that the book of Revelation speaks to what was, what is, and what is to come. And when you realize that that's how... Uh, the uh, scriptures refer to Jesus, that he was, he is, and he is to come. Uh, it starts, these things start coming together pretty well. So I, uh, well, I was going to say, I pray that this study uh, is pleasing in his and God's sight, but why don't we take it to him? Let's go to the throne of grace. Gracious Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for this time we get to spend in your presence and in your word. Thank you for the word that you gave us. Again, we op we pray that you open our hearts and minds to your word. Uh, we pray that what we do here tonight is pleasing in your sight. And as always, Lord, keep me out of the way. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, once again, Revelation chapter 8, where it says, When he opened the seventh seal... There was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God. And to them were given seven trumpets. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it at the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. So the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. The first angel sounded. And hail and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown to the earth. And a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. Then the second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. And a third of the sea became blood, and a third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. Then the third angel sounded, and a great star fell from, from heaven, burning like a torch. And it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. 
The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died from the water because it was made bitter. Then the fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun was struck, and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, so that a third of them were darkened. A third of the day did not shine, and likewise the night. And I looked, and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because of the remaining blast of the trumpet and of the three angels who are about to sound. And that's where we're going to stop right now. And let's take a look to see what God has in store for us here. Again, starting in the first verse, it says, When he, referring to Jesus, opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. Seventh seal. Remember that in these days when, when John was writing this on the Isle of Patmos, when God was using John to write this, uh, it was uh, a Roman law that a will was not valid unless it had seven Seven separate seals on this. Remember, these things were scrolls that were rolled up. They didn't have books like we have today, uh, but they were scrolls that were rolled up. Okay, so this made it a legal document having these seven seals. Okay, so when John was writing this, everybody understood exactly what was going on. And so there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. Boy, talk about a pregnant pause. You know, talk about a dramatic uh, pause like none other. It must have seemed like an eternity there in heaven for about a half an hour. Can you just half an hour? Well, the only way that I can even come close to that, uh, when Pam and I uh, moved here to Chino Valley, we uh, went out and road tested a bunch of churches, and we settled on this one fellowship called Heights, where we attend, and I went to a men's Saturday morning men's prayer. I used to do that back at the packing house in Redlands, and, and I looked forward to that. And in this first time I went there, there was a uh, time set out for silent prayer. This the time set out for this was an hour. Hokey smokes, Bullwinkle. You know, you kind of think, gee, I can probably pray for maybe ten minutes. But I'll tell you what. Having that time, I was in God's Word doing that. I had more time in His presence where we weren't thinking about a whole bunch of other stuff. It was just being in God's presence and in prayer, and it was powerful. So I can, I can kind of see what John is referring to up here, the silence throughout heaven for a half an hour. That's certainly a pregnant pause. Verse 2 goes on to say, And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Remember, the seven angels refer to the seven the seven uh, churches that we uh, read about earlier in the book of Revelations, and uh, also refers goes along with those seven seals we just spoke about. And so it was given to them seven trumpets. Then another angel, having a golden censer, 
came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. This golden censer and golden altar show how much God values the prayers of the saints. Just think about that. All this incense represents the prayers of the saints. So just think how much God values your prayer. Um, I Well, I, this past week I had quite a dream and I was doing spiritual battle. Now, this might seem a little strange to some of you, but I know some of you have also experienced this. And in this dream, I was praying in Jesus' name to drive out demons in the area where I was. It was very powerful. And I awakened, and it was really something. Again, the prayers of the saints are valued highly in heaven, enough to have a golden censer and a golden altar, as it refers to here. So whatever you do, don't give up on praying. You know, it might seem like, oh, all the prayers I've been saying have never been answered. Well, I always like to say that that silly song of Garth Brooks, which wasn't a bad song, but poor theology, where it says, I thank God for unanswered prayers. Guess what, kids? He answers every one of your prayers. Might be no. Might be wait. That's the hard one. Might be absolutely we'll do that right away. Don't give up on prayer. Okay, verse 3, which I just did read, pardon me. Verse 4, and the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Now get this, this is something else. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. Now thunderings and lightnings, we've been having a lot of that here in northern Arizona. Matter of fact, bit of that day. Uh, earthquakes. Well, you know, coming from California, experienced that as well. Now, here's something. Here's a remark made by Torrance concerning this, and you'll like this. More potent, more powerful than all the dark and mighty powers let loose in the world, more powerful than anything else is the power of prayer set ablaze by the fire of God and cast upon the earth. Dig that. All this stuff that's going on in Revelation right now, where we have all these people who have turned their backs on the Lord, and now we're coming up to judgment that the power of prayer is greater than all the dark and mighty powers that are turned loose on the world. Verse 6. So the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. Uh, the New Living Translation puts it this way. They prepared to blow their mighty blasts. These again are the trumpets of judgment upon the earth. Verse 7, the first angel sounded and hail and fire followed mingled with blood and there were thrown to the earth and a third of the trees were burned up. And all the green grass was burned up. Now, people always have an idea, try and figure out exactly what this means. You know, they wonder uh, how this is going to take place. 
Uh, some have come up with the idea of nuclear war. Well, we've seen what nuclear war can do, nuclear bombs, the atom bomb can do. So we have an idea it would be devastating, such as being described here. Uh, some people might think that a meteor would hit the ground or whatever the deal is. But the thing about this is, it is something that is certainly not, certainly not nature taking its course. Okay? This is God's judgment. This isn't just, oh, well, nature's taking its course and all this stuff is going... No, 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 no. This is God judging the sin of the earth. First, first, pardon me, verse 8 goes on to say, Then the second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. Now that would seem to me to indicate a meteor or possibly an asteroid. And a third of the sea became blood, and a third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. You see a continuing theme going on here being one-third. We'll address that later. Then the third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven. Again, a meteor or an asteroid, and burning like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers in the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood, and a third of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died from the water because it was made bitter. Wormwood is a bitter herb that uh, is, is somewhat poisonous, okay? Uh, they do put it in vermouth, so any of you who like a good martini and figure that you're taking a little bit of wormwood there. Uh, but wormwood also is good for killing, killing intestinal worms, hence the name wormwood. How do you like that for... A bit of information that with five bucks and that information will uh, get you a cheap cup of coffee at Starbucks. Nevertheless, it's interesting to know this, that it says here, a third of the waters became wormwood and many men died from the water because it was made bitter. Again, it's moderately, wormwood is moderately poisonous, but taken in heavy doses will kill you. Verse 12. Then the fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, a third of the stars, so that a third of them were darkened. A third of the day did not shine, and likewise the night. Okay, let's take a look at the book of Isaiah, chapter 13, and we're going to be looking at verses 10 and 11 here. Remember, uh, again, I, I always like to say this. Scripture interprets Scripture. So if you have something that you are kind of wondering about, something sounds a little, little wonky or something like that, you can kind of look. Most Bibles have a concordance down the center, and you can see where other Scripture, where it references other Scripture. This is in the case here as well, verses Isaiah 13, chapter, pardon me, chapter 13, starting the 10th verse says, For the stars of heaven and their constellations will not give their light. The sun will be darkened and it's going forth, and the moon will not cause its light to shine. I will punish the world for its evil, 
the wicked for their iniquity and will halt the arrogance of the proud and lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. You know, arrogance is a personality trait that I really have an issue with. Uh, but unfortunately, sometimes I can see myself being arrogant as well. You know, you get in one of those uh, deals where, why well, did this? Why did that? Kind of thing. And you keep going on, you get into a contest, and it, you never win, and it's never any good. But that's what arrogance will do. And it says here, I will halt the arrogance of the proud. Again, never thinking of myself as being a proud man until I do something that makes me think, huh, uh, huh. And then we'll lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. Uh, these things were written of in the book of Isaiah. Now, well, what was it, about eight, nine hundred years before the book of Revelation, before John wrote the book of Revelation. For those who of my friends who are Jewish and who have yet to see Jesus as the Messiah, please look into the book of Isaiah, especially chapter 53. It'll say a lot of things that hmm, speak of Jesus. And again, there's, there's another thing. Boy, it seems like I'm going down this rabbit hole, but what the heck, there's a lot of rabbits around this place. Um, Jesus fulfilled over 325 separate prophecies that was spoke of the Messiah in Scripture. And again, I want to say for you to fulfill 10 prophecies, the chances of those are one to, was one in 10 to the 11th power. So that's 10 with a whole mess of zeros behind it. That's, that's the, that's the probability. That's, uh, where, if, you, if you're struggling with wondering who Jesus is, and if you're struggling with, with seeing that what is written about him uh, is true, just maybe chew on that a little bit. That's, that's really something, that, something to consider, something to consider. And again, it is, and I have to mention this just about every time, that it is my desire that everyone within the sound of my voice Know Jesus as their Savior, because you know what? I got a lot of friends. I am blessed to have a lot of friends, and I'd sure like to see each and every one of them in heaven with me, because it'll be joyous, joyous, joyful. <laughs> a lot better than here. All right. Off of that rabbit trail, now down to verse 13, where it says, And I looked, and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Whoa! Woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because the remaining blast, the trumpet of the three angels are about to sound. Again, the judgments on the remaining unbelieving inhabitants of the earth. Now, that back to what I was referring to earlier, the term of one third, you know, again, it's used over and over here in uh, chapter eight. And 
again, this is where we might be able to read too much or too little into the book of Revelation. And, and I spent, uh, I wrote down here, an inordinate amount of time researching this. Why? What was the deal on the one-third? And it seems uh, that it depends upon a few things here. Whether you are a pre-terrorist, somebody who's thinking of the things being beforehand, at his, uh, what is it, a historist, historicist, I can't even pronounce these words, so looking at something that's been a history or a futurist or an idealist as you view these set of scriptures. This is, this is again, this is the things that I came up with in my, in my research. Uh, again, the way I see this is, is us with finite brains, especially a guy like me trying to understand an infinite God. And we have people all the time trying to come up with the ideas of what God is or what God thinks or what God does. Just look into Scripture and don't read too much and don't read too little into it. As far as I can see, what it means, this one-third, is that there was a large portion of the earth destroyed, a large portion of the the different, uh, one, well, it says, it says here, uh, one-third of the vegetation struck, one-third of the sea struck, one-third of the water struck. Okay, um, what it means is a lot that happened, but not all. There was still some judgment left. Okay, now, all this talk about the last days can be a little bit daunting, um, especially when we, especially, especially when we look at our own sin. Okay, and Satan is one who really wants to bring that up. Remember that, boy. If you if you're thinking about something that you did. Five, ten years ago, or even last week, if you have confessed this sin, I want you to know that God says in Psalm 103, verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Just think about that. No matter how far you travel east, you're not going to hit west. Or vice versa. No matter how long you travel west, you're going to continue to travel west. You're not going to head east. And that's how far these transgressions have been removed from us. That's how far these sins have been removed from us. Uh, and don't let Satan fool you. God remembers these no more. So all of this stuff that we're looking at in the book of Revelation, it's good for us to know. It gets us to think. Actually, what it makes me think of more than anything else, in any end times discussion, I had the same response. Be prepared. Be prepared to know where you are going. Better yet, we need to convey this to our friends and loved ones. Because there's nothing better. We, I always say it, we're we're able to recommend a whole lot of things like the best car in the world to drive is a Studebaker or the best refrigerator to have is a Frigidaire or whatever the deal is. Those, these things are simple. 
But they don't matter. When you come down to it, they don't matter. What matters is your relationship with Jesus Christ. And so, if there's anybody within the sound of my voice who has yet to surrender and to have that relationship with Jesus Christ, it's easy. You don't have to have a special prayer. You know, we always hear about the sinner's prayer. Well, there isn't any special words. It's not a special incantation. All it is is surrendering your heart to Jesus, recognizing that you are a sinner and that you need him and that you make him Lord of your life. Sounds too simple, doesn't it? But that's how much God loves us. All right. Questions, comments, smart aleck remarks. I'm waiting for my friend Doug Thompson to send me one. He generally does. We do have an HRBS sign up there for you, Doug, so I hope that's all right. It's. I have to say, again, I, I've just been having a wonderful time. It's been great having all of you who uh, faithfully watch this, uh, and I truly, truly appreciate it, and I truly pray God's blessing upon you and on your family. And so with that, I'll leave you with the Arionic blessing, which is the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.